We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. New England sending QB Jimmy Garoppolo to 49ers. We believe we found the right guy. Garoppolo, quick pass, caught by Kittle. He dives, and he's in. Touchdown, 49ers. Kittle is going to go. Touchdown. Happy Monday, another victory Monday for the San Francisco 49ers. This is starting to feel a little weird getting on the podcast and talking about a win week after week after week. I can get used to this feeling. I know 49ers fans can as well. We have a shit ton to break down. Welcome to Striking Gold. I'm Kevin Jones, co-host of this podcast. Shout out to Rob Lauder. Shout out to Eric Crocker, two great 49ers content creators. They normally preview the games on Wednesday and Thursday. I review them on Monday mornings. And here we are, the San Francisco 49ers Beat the Pittsburgh Steelers 24-20. A lot to discuss. This team is now headed into their bye week, riding high, overcoming five turnovers. Jimmy G looking fantastic in the pocket. Dante Pettis game-winning touchdown. Eric Armstead, another time where he's made a critical play in the fourth quarter of a game. I'm eating pie right now. I've definitely been one of his criticizers. Listen, this football team, they have a really strong chance of starting 6-2. and two. The formula of Jimmy G and Kyle on offense and a much improved defense. It's fun to watch. And come on, let's not totally overreact because Mason Rudolph, there was no chance he was going to win his first start. I mean, he was mostly inadequate the whole game. Found a couple long touchdowns. Listen to this about the Steelers. 48% of their yards came on those two big plays. Most of the game, they did nothing offensively. 
Now, granted, that's that's a little Mason Rudolph. It's also the defensive line being right in his face. You have pretty good coverage from Richard Sherman all day. Akilah Witherspoon goes down. Let's hope it's not serious. So, I mean, the 49ers had two lapses. I called them out during the game on Twitter. You know, Jason Verrett had just come into the game for the first time in three seasons. He got burnt immediately. And, I mean, Tarvarius Moore took a terrible angle that long Juju Smith touchdown. Listen, I... I'm not going to freak out about this football team right now. They're going to have some flaws in the secondary. Those are going to get exposed even further later in the year. But right now, they're overcoming everything. How do you how do you fumble the ball with six minutes and 50 seconds left inside the 10-yard line? Richie James, Jimmy G, terrible miscue. How do you overcome that? 49ers teams of the last couple of years, these are the types of games they lost. I know the players last year talked about the Arizona Cardinals game where they had like 500 total yards with five turnovers. And they lost the game. This time, they they scrapped hard enough. They made the timely plays. I mean, so many of the turnovers early on. Jimmy G, those two interceptions, I don't think were his fault. Breida, he, he could have thrown it a little bit better. Dante Pettis, maybe not thrown that, that pass. But, um, you know, the turnovers were stupid. Raheem Mostert fumbled once and he fumbled twice, really. He should have caught that from Jimmy Garoppolo. It was like an 18-yard loss. So, I mean, it was sloppy. The first half had me feeling frustrated. It was very similar to Tampa Bay. I think the big thing to take away, guys, is look at this three-game stretch. The 49ers went 3-0. They had 70 first downs. Their opponents had 46. The 49ers had nine sacks. Their opponents had two. They're coming out and really dictating the game. These were inferior opponents, and the 49ers, they didn't show their A game every week. Cincinnati, they really just destroyed them. And then week one in Tampa, it was an ugly win. And week three against Pittsburgh, it was an ugly win. Guess what? It doesn't freaking matter in the NFL. There's no style points here. Get the W in your win column. The 49ers are doing it. Kyle looked frustrated as hell on the sidelines every time they showed him on TV, pacing around, kind of by himself. Normally, he's you know having some side conversations with players. Really, it looked like he was... This was a big, big win for the 49ers because you go 2-1, and one, you're still fine. Headed into the bye week, but 3-0, the confidence in Santa Clara right now is as high as it's ever been in the Kyle Shanahan era. I think they feel like they're going to beat Cleveland on Monday Night Football after this bye week and be 4-0 for the first time since 1990. And then they'll have the LA Rams. That might be a loss. That could be, an, that could be a playoff preview here. The NFC West is all of a sudden the best division in football because of the 49ers, if they can keep this pace. Can they keep this pace? So... There's some cl- conflicting things. A lot of people are giving the O-line credit. I mean, they got tossed around yesterday. A lot of people said Justin School had a pretty good game. He had a couple penalties. He, he got beat a little bit. You ha- you're going to have to go back and rewatch. I'll give him, you know, average to below average, but not amazing. And so that you're going to have to monitor that situation on the left tackle. But Jimmy Garoppolo, I mean, let's focus for him on him real quick for multiple, multiple minutes here. When you have a franchise quarterback in the NFL, that's kind of what it looks like Sundays now in Santa Clara. When the 49ers on the road, Jimmy Garoppolo in command. He's going to make a couple bad throws a game. He's going to make a couple amazing ones. That dime to Kendrick Bourne across the field. How about Kyle Juszczyk threading the needle? He hung in there all day. The, the biggest play to me was 3rd and 11. Less than two minutes left. 49ers are down 20 to 17 they've gotten the ball back from the eric armstead strip you know they're in the red zone this is an area where they hadn't always converted in the past jimmy garoppolo with 3rd and 11 
pressure all up in his face. He's scrambling in the middle, rolls to his right, fires a really hard pass, incomplete to Dante Pettis, but he bought enough time for a holding penalty to be called on George Kittle. And it was, you know, it, it was a bad penalty. I believe it was Mark Barron kind of grabbed him right away. But had Jimmy Garoppolo kind of thrown the football away, you know, sometimes those officials hold the flag in there. If they, they will throw the flag if the quarterback's dancing around. You know, the officials do hold on to flags sometimes. And the fact that Jimmy Garoppolo kept the play extended, the official threw the flag, all of a sudden it's first and goal, pretty much, on the five-yard line, second down, fires a bullet into Dante Pettis, Shout out to Dante Pettis. I haven't like crushed him on this podcast. I said the best players are going to play. He rose up in a moment. He, he started the game too. I mean, I think this will get him out of Kyle's doghouse a little bit. Jimmy G trusted him in a clutch moment. So much traffic. I mean, there was three guys near Dante Pettis, threaded the needle. What a feeling. I mean, I'm, I'm jacked up, sitting up in my chair right now. I'm going to go to the next game. The Browns... 49ers game, Monday Night Football. Yeah, I'm gonna, I want to be in the stadium. The fans showed up. I've got conflicting reports. People on Twitter were like, ah, oh, the people in the lower bowl really weren't loud. It was the upper bowl. Whatever. 49ers fans get along right now for the first time since what? This feels like 2012, 2013. Now this team is, I don't think, ready to go to the NFC Championship game yet. Like, let's, let's tap the brakes. There's more flaws that are going to be exposed. But the big takeaway is the formula of Jimmy G and an improved defense has the 49ers sitting above the middle class in the NFC right now. They're, they're an above-average football team. Can they keep playing this way? I think so. Because after the Rams, at, you know, you got Cleveland, you got the Rams. Then you've got at Redskins, Panthers at home, then at Cardinals. You actually get another three-game chunk that's not that difficult. Earlier in the year, I thought Panthers would have been a really difficult game. Now at home, I'm calling that a win. At Redskins, they're going to get three fluky wins a year. But, but you're, you're kind of penciling that in as a win now. And then at Arizona Cardinals, you're going to have to beat them at least once. Kyler Murray's definitely better than I anticipated as a rookie. He's able to move the football and kind of keep the Cardinals in games. I think the 49ers are a better football team right now than the Arizona Cardinals. Let's say they lose two of those games. They're 6-2 and two coming out of that stretch. Then they have an impossible thing. We're not going to break down the whole schedule. The point being, the 49ers have set themselves up to go on a late-season run. 3-0 and means you have to go 7-6 and the rest of the way to make the playoffs. I don't know the exact percentage stats, but teams that start 3-0, and start 4-0, and have a much better chance of making the playoffs. The NFC is going to be a dogfight. Seattle lost to... New Orleans, who's really good. The Packers are a lot better than we expected. Eagles, I can't count them out yet. Yeah, I mean, the NFC is by far better than the AFC. It's going to be much more difficult to make the playoffs here. I don't think teams want to play the 49ers now. They're in their come up. This is probably going to be one of the most fun years with Kyle because now you make the playoffs this season. Next season, it's so pressure-filled. You know, it's fun right now. There's not pressure on the 49ers. Most people like me said 8-8. Eight and eight. They're playing a little bit with house money now, and that's, that's what you love about sports when your team is exceeding expectations. All right, striking gold. Let's break down like some specific plays and things that happened. D Ford sack right before halftime. Mason Rudolph had finally found some rhythm. They were driving the football. A touchdown there would have been bad news. 
And third, and I think five or six, D Ford coming around the right tackle edge. I compare him to a, you know, a motorcycle street racer who's literally able to bend and get as close to the ground as possible. I got Siren City outside me right now in San Francisco. But, I mean, really, Siren's for D Ford. He's come on and he makes like one or two game-changing plays. And he's like in a little bit. A lot of times he's he's not there. He's, he's not an every-down impact player, but timely sacks so far three weeks in. Super excited to see him make plays like that. Kwan Williams was in the doghouse for a lot of people. Big interception to start the third quarter. You know, you're feeling better about the nickel situation there. I've shouted out Eric Armstead already, but, I mean, when these four are in, when it's Nick Bosa, DeForest Buckner, Eric Armstead, and D Ford, with Armstead and Buckner at the D tackles positions, that is nasty right now. That is arguably, you know, a top three defensive line in the league right now. All gas, no breaks. You see Robert Sala jumping up and down on the sideline. Uh, his job is super safe right now. If the 49ers are one and two and no pressure, I mean, the whole tone would be different. Their plan in the offseason to beep up the D-line is paying dividends right now. Without this, I don't think the football team's winning. Let's be clear. Jimmy G's been amazing, but I think the 49ers defensive line has been the position that's changed the team the most. And you've seen it week after week. I mean, Cincinnati was able to do nothing. They forced a lot of interceptions from Jameis. They made him feel uncomfortable. Let's see against some better quarterbacks here. Let's see how they do against Baker, who has the yips right now. The Browns are in a bad, bad spot. They've got Baltimore this week, and then they've got the 49ers. They're they're in a position where the season could spiral out of control. If they lose to Baltimore, pressure on the whole country watching. That's that's actually going to be one of the bigger games on the NFL schedule, depending how... you know, the Browns win this week against Baltimore. The pressure's off them. But, oh, baby, I've worked in that building in Cleveland. Not good feelings right now. They finally had expectations, and now they're not living up to it. Oh, yeah, that sucks. So, I mean, let's see how the D-line, again, performs against Jared Goff. Kyle Allen looks like he might be pretty damn good and could replace Cam Newton. Who knows who's going to be starting that Carolina game in the middle of October. Buckner had a sack to close the game. There's some IG posts as I'm – Recording this Monday morning, he could be doing a contract extension now. And, you know, to get fans to shut up about trading for Jalen Ramsey, we'll get there and talk about Akilah Witherspoon. The 49ers could just say, hey, let's let's lock up Buckner now so our fans know, listen, we've we've got to lock up our own guys here. Let's just get to Jalen Ramsey now. So Akilla Weatherspoon has actually had a great start to the season. He's been very physical on some tackles. He held his own yesterday. He went down and then, uh, you know, actually I think that Juju Smith touchdown, don't quote me here, I've got to go back and watch the tape, but I believe Akilla was on him there, probably could have made the tackle. At the end of the day, he's been very good. He has not been the problem at all. Looks like it's a foot or an ankle injury for him. He's going to miss time. Now, how much time is it? I am not as high on Jalen Ramsey as probably everyone else is. I don't think he's worth your first-round pick next year for the simple fact that you don't have a second-round pick either because of the D4 trade. I don't think the 49ers are in a position, even though I've said, oh, they can't even get the draft picks right. It's it's the fact that you're going to have to pay Ramsey $100 million and that I'd rather gamble and try and draft the next Jalen Ramsey and have him on a small contract 
in this window because it is going to get messy with contracts. I know the 49ers still have cap room, but it's a team-building thing. I think Richard Sherman would be great for him to have, and he would learn from him. And I also think they could fight a lot, and it could get ugly, and Richard Sherman could get picked on a little bit more now. I, you have things – everything's going good defensively right now. I don't think bringing in Jalen Ramsey – by the way, I don't think the Jaguars are just going to take one first-round pick. I think they might ask for a very good player, whether that's Debo Samuel – or, you know, some recent young player. Because the 49ers can't be trading two first-round picks. Not for Jalen Ramsey. I think you can find star corners even though it's hard. The 49ers will have a harder time finding it now that they're going to be picking in, you know, hopefully the teens and 20s after they make the playoffs. I get it, though. You can't start Jason Verrett every week. That ain't going to look pretty. I think DJ Reed who has played outside corner at Kansas State, and just he doesn't look like a modern-day corner. He doesn't really fit this scheme. He's going to have to play a little bit differently than Richard Sherman. They're going to have to play, you know, suit a skill set. I would give DJ Reed a shot at outside corner before I gave it to Jason Verrett. And I'd also, just like left tackle, I'd be looking at low-cost trades, fourth and fifth rounders that you can deal for veterans who can come in and be average. Basically, you need someone to be average at that corner. That's In my mind, that's what Akilah Weatherspoon's been, maybe a little bit above average. I don't think you can solve this with a superstar right now if you're the 49ers. I don't think, you're, I don't think it's worth giving up multiple, multiple draft picks. You, you did that for D Ford. You did that for Jimmy Garoppolo. You've been giving up, actually, a lot of these draft picks, which I encouraged before. At a certain point, you can't do it all the time. To me, Jalen Ramsey, I, I can't do it. It's too steep of a price. Not only for the compensation. If he was a free agent, yeah, then I'm definitely talking about it. But he's not. You have to give up comp for him. And like the 49ers aren't winning the Super Bowl this season, so they could, they theoretically have to wait for one of these guys to hit free agency. Think about this logically. Don't think about this as, oh my God, we need this person now. Think about this as a three or four year plan and window with Jimmy Garoppolo and Kyle. And like, don't blow your load yet. Hope that Someone else is going to come to the front office or the front office figures it out and they, they draft the next first rounder correctly. You know, McGlinchey looks like he's correct right now. They're giving Solomon Thomas a little bit of playing time. I, I noticed him a little out there. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm not on team Jalen Ramsey. I'm on team fourth or fifth round pick for a low cost option. I get it. Teams don't trade corners. But, you know, John Lynch, it's up to him and his staff. Put out feelers. Who's frustrated in a building? Who's like... Who's had a bad start to the season in their own defensive scheme? And, you know, the 49ers can take a chance on him. This is what they did to themselves at corner. Imagine if Richard Sherman went down and it was Witherspoon and Verrett. I mean, they're just not deep here. They need help. Tarverius Moore did not have a good game in safety. So Jimmy Ward can alleviate some of the pressure here. But come on, man. You don't want Jimmy Ward starting at corner right now. You had just been prepping him at safety for so long. He, I know he can play anywhere, and that's kind of the value they see in Jimmy Ward. Oh, man, you, you, you can just envision the Rams going to town on him. Let's hope Witherspoon's out for like two to three weeks, and this isn't a huge deal. If he's out for two months, it's going to be a big deal. Now you have a problem at left tackle and a problem at corner. Those are two of the bigger problems you can have outside of quarterback, outside of pass rusher. Maybe outside of your uh, out of Kittle, 
these are like top six or seven injuries that they could have had to Witherspoon and Staley. That's the NFL. It's next man up. 49ers have some time during the bye week to kind of maneuver. I hope they do take some time off. Kyle, you know, got them all tired on that two-week trip and then made the bye week almost worth it here. Like, they've had a good start. You hate starting 3-0 and and then, like, not playing football, and then you're, you might be rusty on Monday night because it's been so long. It is what it is. got to deal with it. It's the NFL. Striking Gold Podcast, Kevin Jones, your host. All right, let's read some of the advertisements real quick from our sponsors, and we'll get right back to you. All right, Harry's Razors. They were founded by two regular guys. They were getting ripped off. And now they've made quality, durable blades at a fair price, just $2 per blade. If you don't love shaving, let Harry's know. They'll give you a full refund. So harrys.com slash blue wire. Redeem your trial offer today. It is a trial set. I have been using it now for the last seven months. Harry's been with us all year. They're a huge supporter of Blue Wire. They listen to the Striking Gold podcast. These are our partners. So I want you to check them out. Um, you know, 10 million people have tried Harry's. They're a billion dollar company right now. It's it's impressive what they've done. You know, I'm a startup. They're a startup. We like working with these guys. Harry's.com slash Blue Wire. You get shave gel, a travel blade cover, five blade razor, lubricating strip, the handle is easy to grip. I recommend harrys.com slash blue wire. Get your free trial today. All right, mybookie.ag. End of a hard week. It's time to watch some football. Do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag to place your bets. You can do parlays, you can do teasers. And use the promo code BLUEWIRE and you'll activate your first offer. They're going to double your first deposit. They want you to be betting. They're going to give you money to bet with. If you're the kind of guy that likes to, you know, bet a little, win a lot, I suggest a parlay. You can get multiple games. Listen, I, I didn't know much about sports gambling a few years back. I promise you. I Even being around the league. Now that I'm, you know, watching these games more, it makes sense fantasy football really for me isn't enough if you're smart like at football you understand trends you listen to podcasts like this get even more knowledge put some money on this thing and go to mybookie.ag promo code blue wire you'll activate your offer welcome back striking gold shout out to harry's and my bookie you're supporting Blue Wire, everything that I put my heart and soul into. If you check out harrys.com slash blue wire and then use the blue wire promo code for my bookie, means a lot, my people. All right, yeah, 49ers, we are breaking things down 3 and 0. They'll have a bye week next week. We'll still figure out some type of content for you guys. Yeah, right now, the 49ers, this is before Monday Night Football, so some of these stats may change. They're averaging 32 points per game, fifth in the NFL. 421 yards per game on offense, fourth in the NFL. 246 pass yards, that's 14th in the NFL. So, I mean, they rely on running the ball a ton. 175 yards they're averaging on the ground three games in. That's fourth in the NFL. The offense is an amazing spot right now with Kyle Shanahan. 
There's not much more you can expect than this. 32 points per game. We got to think a couple of those were some pick sixes week one against Tampa Bay. But overall, this offense, Kyle has it in a nice position. Debo Samuel had that really deep pass that was incomplete. Had a couple nice plays. Marquise Goodwin was involved. Really, week three might have been Jimmy Garoppolo's you know, second or third best game ever as a 49er. I don't even know what the first one was. Probably Jacksonville. Even though I don't think his stats were the greatest in that game, he just came out and set the tone on the first drive and gave the team confidence. Um, so that Jacksonville Christmas Eve, I think, was his best game as a 49er. I think Steelers could be second. Total in the game, Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, two interceptions, but the game-winning touchdown, his pocket presence, he's proving the stage isn't too big for him. And I think we still are going to see some more struggles this season. But he definitely has the confidence now. He's looking a lot crisper on play action. He's not bailing the pocket like Baker Mayfield right now. He's really not showing the, the sophomore slump I thought we would see. I thought this team would go 2-1 and one, best case scenario in the first three weeks. I thought 1-2 and two was realistic because I thought Jimmy was going to throw more interceptions than he did. And again, this, this defense has helped them overcome a lot. But offensively right now, this is a top five offense statistically right now in the NFL against three meager opponents. But the Steelers do have a pretty damn good defense. How about Minka Fitzpatrick coming in right away? He was around the ball. He also got thrown to the ground by Kyle Juszczyk. That's going to be a gif used all year by 49ers fans. Shout out to Twitter. I mean, just the conversation on the, during the game is, is amazing. If you listen to this podcast and you're not on Twitter, I really encourage you. I think 92% of people that listen to this pod also follow me on Twitter, but make sure you're over there for the conversation. Yeah, and after the game too, I thought a lot of good post-game comments. Sticking with Kyle Juszczyk here, he's talking to our guy Rob Lauder, and you know he said he wants to play like George Kittle, and that's you've seen Juszczyk really step up his game and be as physical as we've ever seen him. George Kittle has late raised the level of competition. He's screaming with fans afterwards, taking a lap around the stadium. If there's one draft pick the 49ers have absolutely hit a grand slam on, it's George Kittle. Kittle, the leading receiver right now on the team, 17 receptions, 165 yards in three games. Only 9.7 yards per catch. So he's doing a lot of underneath stuff. I'd like to see him get a little more intermediate. Who's second on the team in receiving? Debo Samuel. 11 catches, 147 yards. 39 is his long, uh, you know, 13.4 yards per reception. Dante Pettis, you know, five catches, 27 yards on the whole season. A lot of people really celebrating him on Twitter right now. Like, I don't want to rain on his parade at all, but we do have to see more. The game-winning touchdown for sure, but we've got to see consistency. Marquise Goodwin getting involved here. I mean, a lot of people have like four and three catches. Richie James, Raheem Mostert. Um, you know, the 49ers have thrown the football 84 times in three games. So, you know, averaging less than 30 throws per game. This is still a traditional running football team. Matt Breida, 41 rushes in three games, 226 yards. Raheem Mostert, 34 rushes, 202 yards. Jeff Wilson has four touchdowns on the season. <laughs> I mean, they, they have their trio here. It was not who we thought it was going to be. We thought it was going to be Tevin Coleman and Jarek McKinnon. 
but Kyle has made anything really work in his system. Uh, Tevin Coleman, hope he's back soon. That could shuffle some pieces around. Raheem Mostert, the fumbling thing, is super frustrating, but how fast is he? The burst that he's showing, this wasn't Brita's a really good game from him at all against the Steelers. He's been better before, but you know he's he's still out there. He's still making a difference. Rita Moster, Jeff Wilson, all undrafted guys, all carrying the spotlight right now for the 49ers in their running back room. Yeah, so Jimmy Garoppolo in three games, five touchdowns, four interceptions, 69% completion percentage. He's been sacked two times. And that's on him. The O-line, he probably should have been sacked five or six times by now, if not more. Oh, yeah, so the O-line pass blocking to me, McGlinchey got beat pretty bad on that one sack on Sunday. I guess against the Browns, you can go with Justin School again. But, you know, if he he's really going to have to go against Miles Garrett, you're going to have to put your backup tight end or use check on that side chipping every night, every time. You're going to have to find where Miles Garrett is, and use check is going to be a blocker next game against the Browns. That's two weeks away. We have a lot to preview before then. But um, offensively, you got to be happy. All right, let's look at the defensive statistics three games in. Fred Warner leading the team in tackles with 19. Quan Alexander right behind him with 16. DeForest Buckner has two sacks on the year. Eric Armstead has two sacks on the year. Nick Bosa has one. So D Ford only has three tackles on the whole year. He, he's been kind of limited. He's not playing every down, of course. He Just know he's not your tackle machine at all. Um, yeah, Tarverius Moore has 14 tackles. He's up there. He's playing a position where he's going to clean up a lot. Ronald Blair's had a sack. Solomon Thomas credited with a sack. Nine sacks total in three games. So what? 16 times three is... Is that 48? <laughs> 49ers on pace for 48 sacks right now. That would be unbelievable. That would probably have them in the top five of the league in sacks. That's the key stat for the whole season right now. Nine sacks defensively, two on offense. They're winning the line of scrimmage on both sides of the football. They've drafted D lineman and O lineman and McGlinchey, and it's you know leading to victories here. I could keep talking about this team all day, but I have a lot of shit to do with Blue Wire. <laughs> uh, Striking Gold podcast. Super pumped. I'm grinning right now. We've been through the dark days. We've rehashed Cardinals games where the 49ers snapped the football over their head, where CJ Beathard had gone, what, you know, 11 of 29 in a football game. Those days appear to be behind us. Knock on wood, no injuries. Jimmy G, stay upright and healthy. Fix the second corner position. And then just keep doing everything you're doing. Recapping, Jimmy Garoppolo is a magician in the pocket. He's playing like a franchise quarterback right now. The 49ers are a top five offense. Statistically, everything is magic and roses on offense right now. Despite the turnovers yesterday, I think that was an anomaly. I don't think you're going to see that all the time. I, you know, I tweeted, I thought we were done with this bullshit. I think we are. I don't think this will be, I think it'll be a few games again before you see something like that. And they'll be, you know, they're just unfortunate. The 49ers lose concentration in the game. I don't know if they need a hypnotist to come in, but that's really the only problem offensively. And then a little bit of the pass blocking. Other than that, super happy after three games. Defense, the MVP of the team right now. Is just the D-line in general. As much as, you know, we love Jimmy Garoppolo, Kyle Shanahan, everything on offense, the D-line has changed who the 49ers are. The identity of the football team is now a pass-rushing unit. 
You have to get rid of the football quickly. They could have a field day with Baker Mayfield. If he doesn't get out of this slump, the way he's playing right now, they're not any, they don't even need to blitz people. They can line up four guys and just go after him. Browns have a bad O-line too. Oh man, that, that could be very dangerous for Cleveland. Um, Quan Alexander has been great. Fred Warner's solid and steady. And the secondary allowed two big touchdowns yesterday. You can't like be thrilled with them, but like they're doing enough. Witherspoon injury, we'll see what happens. Don't trade for Jalen Ramsey. Don't blow your load yet. You can draft him. You can draft someone nearly as good as him if you get some help in the front office, I think. And like that should be the goal. I think I think corner is we're we're projecting way next offseason. It's too early to do it, but I would be I would be shocked if it's not a corner in the first round, given Richard Sherman's age and the you know the the duck duck goose that's gone on at second corner last few years. All right, that's the Striking Gold podcast. I'm Kevin Jones. This is Blue Wire. I hope you are enjoying this. 49ers are 3-0. You're going to hear from Croc and Rob in the middle of the week. And we'll, we'll give you content next early next week as well. We'll probably recap what happened in the league that, that deals with the 49ers. And we're going to have a lot more bonus content coming soon. Short interview clips. Blue Wire is going all in on bonus content, short form. Be looking out for that. All right. This is the Striking Gold Podcast. We'll talk to you again in a few days. Peace. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.